Welcome to Health Tech Hustle. We exist to share stories of the brave entrepreneurs helping to solve the most important problems in digital health today. We interview top leaders in health tech and bring them onto our show each week to listen and learn from their story with your host, Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Health Tech Hustle podcast. I'm joined with Mr. Bill Reisacker. He is a senior scientific advisor for Infomune Therapeutics and Elevate Therapeutics. He's also an associate professor at Wiley Cornell Medical College and the medical director and co-founder at Novoplexis. And also after doing some research, found out he's also has some experience in stand-up comedy as well. So that said, welcome to the podcast, Bill. <laughs> Thank you, Rodney. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure nice. to be here. So um, let's kind of just jump right into it. Why don't you just give everybody a brief background about what you do and how you got into where you're at? That sounds good. I've I've been, uh, as you mentioned, I, I've been working at Wild Cornell as an ear, nose, and throat doctor for uh, for quite a while now. I've been in the medical field for for 25 years, and I've also been very active in the entrepreneurial space for about 10 of those years. Uh, and I got really interested in, in health tech uh, because I've been seeing all the problems that the healthcare industry has been been having. I love the industry, um, but we're way behind the times. I'm still using fax machines, snail mail, phone calls. I mean, it's it's crazy, you know, but I love seeing patients. I'm seeing them one at a time, but what I really want to do is to help people on a on a larger scale. You know, what I what I really want to do is I want to leave this industry a a better one in better shape than when I found it. Okay, nice. So I see that you are the founder of Novoplexus. So can you kind of give us a background of that company and what you're doing in that space? Yeah, it sounds good. The uh, Novaplexus, I started with uh, with my co-founder in 2018. It's kind of an interesting story. My co-founder and I, we met in, in the comedy club. We're actually doing stand-up comedy uh, together there. And we had a really good relationship. You know, we could uh, we riffed off each other, bounced jokes off each other. So um, I actually started consulting for one of his other companies. And then we were talking about the future of healthcare uh, over over many beers on the Upper East Side at a, at a place called the Pony Bar. Oh, and Novaplexus nice. came came right out of that, and uh, it's a good team. I have the medical knowledge; he's an expert on the business and tech side. So we had the complementary skills, and and throughout discussions, we realized that it w- that it was obvious something needed to be done in healthcare, and we were the perfect people to do it. We could move quickly, and we had that scrappy attitude that uh, led us to believe that we could actually pull this thing off. Nice. So you provide the medical expertise, and he's on the business side, and kind of pairing that together to solve. A problem within the uh, healthcare industry. So, like, exactly. What, yeah. What exactly does Novoplexus solve? Like, what problems in healthcare do you guys help solve? Yeah. So the um, when we first started out, our you know our vision was to create an ecosystem where 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 companies who had the best solutions to all the problems in healthcare could actually plug in and share information in in real time. Uh, as we know, healthcare spending is out of control. Uh, it's not sustainable, uh, and these are the problems that we were faced with. In five years, you know, healthcare spending is going to be about a quarter of our gross domestic product. Uh, so we also realized that the balance of decision making in decision making was all wrong. It's in the hands of a large few payers in the healthcare system, uh, in the hospitals, patients. 
uh, like you and me, we have no power in this entire system. We have no idea how much we're going to pay for services. There's a lot of sticker shock, as you know, when, uh, when reading the explanation of benefits. And so we said, you know, hey, let's create a community where we can, we can know what we're going to be on the hook for financially before these services take place. Uh, and, so, and so that's re- where we really started this project. We wanted to be in charge of our own spending. So price transparency was definitely our target. So price transparency. Yeah. Okay. And so you guys have been working together for about two years. So how long did it take for between like the time you guys first met each other and started brainstorming the idea before you actually got this platform, this marketplace up and ready for the public to use? So we actually moved pretty quickly. We had the vision for the idea and we, uh, we worked with some real uh, experts in terms of programming and we, we put together a good team. We, we did incur- encounter some obstacles along the way and this is where we really learned along our, our journey. Uh, when we started, we wanted to create that ecosystem as I mentioned before and we still have that goal. You know, Novaplex means new network and that's what we, we really have in mind. But we realized quickly in 2018 when we went out and started pitching this idea to other people that trying to be too many things to too many people can sometimes be very confusing, both the customers and investors. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we, we really pivoted and focused our idea on, on price transparency. Uh, also, in, in 2000, uh, 2018, 2019, um, we saw blockchain was sort of becoming a very overused, misunderstood concept. It was getting some actual negative, negative backlash in, in the press. Um, so, and because our ecosystem uses a blockchain architecture, we, uh, we also had to be very careful uh, when talking to, to investors, for example. They would say, okay, pitch your idea to us, but don't use the word blockchain because we don't want to hear it anymore. So uh, these were some of the obstacles we had moving into 2018. So in 2019 was really when that pivot occurred, where we realized we had to focus in our, our idea and really pick what was most, uh, most important and, and most doable at this moment. Okay, interesting, interesting. So I hear you talk about like putting together a team to help get this project um, and get your company up and running and out to the public. So can you kind of describe the process of how you're able to go about finding experts and people to help you create this vision that you guys thought of? Well, fortunately, my, uh, my partner, his wife, is a, is a genius in the, uh, in the computer science industry. So it helps to have people in your, in your circle who can help you. Uh, but we found people through, uh, through our networks it seems like they all congregated on the Upper East Side. That seemed to be a, a job requirement for our company, that you had to be living on the Upper East Side. Uh, so we launched our small revolution from, uh, from, this, uh, from this area. But it was really all about the network and just pulling people together and uh, talking to people. We didn't create a tremendously large team. We tried to keep ourselves extremely lean. The money that we did raise, we put to really good use, not building out large, uh, large teams, as a lot of the companies were doing at the time, they were getting very large investments without a whole lot of platform to show for it. So we did it the exact opposite way. We raised less money, but we created a very lean, robust team, and we got a, a minimal viable product together within about six months. Oh, wow, nice. So like you mentioned that your experience is in healthcare as a doctor, but you've partnered with a businessman to help kind of bring this 
Nova Plexus to life, but have you ever had any other prior experiences as an entrepreneur starting something from the ground and building it and growing it yourself? Yeah, I have had some experience doing that. Uh, I've been in the entrepreneurial space for about 10 years. So I've uh, played a role in launching a few other companies in the, uh, the biopharmaceutical and the biotechnology space. So I did have some of the business knowledge, but what's really important is knowing what you can do and what you can't do. So having those complementary skills is really helpful. So my partner, he's, uh, he's done a lot in terms of business development in, uh, in prior, prior jobs and prior careers. So he was definitely the, uh, the ideal partner for me. He also had uh, a lot of the, uh, the experience in the tech space, which, um, you know, while I, I can check my emails, uh, I still ask my kids for, uh, for help for some of the tech. So I, I'm not going to portray myself as the, uh, as the, the tech guru in this, uh, uh, in this space, but, um, but hey, I'm learning, you know? Nice. <laughs> Your basic knowledge is all you need to start, right? I, I know a lot more than my than a lot of my doctor peers, so I, I feel like I've kind of bridged a bridged a major chasm between, you know, the 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 physician, the the medical community, and the tech world. I feel like I'm kind of I have maybe a foot in both of them, and I'm kind of forming a little bit of a bridge. Nice. So you're just constantly learning, constantly growing. Yeah, that's that's nice. important. Um. So, who would be like the ideal person? people to be a part of the Nova Plexus community? How can they contribute? Well, the people who, who are going to really, really going to be using this, uh, using this platform are people who are going to want to know, are, not, are going to want to know price transparency. They're going to want to take charge of their spending and also comfortable letting technology help with that. Um, and also people who are willing to build or uh, to make a uh, play an active role in building this community of wise shoppers. Uh, the way we've designed this platform is using a lot of you know, novel strategies and tactics, using gamification, using machine learning. So it, it does take a, a user to be uh, at least comfortable with using some of these, um, some of these you know, modern technologies to help with it. Uh, as our platform grows, even larger entities like hospital systems and payers could gain information, gain value from the information we provide. I can tell you just a little bit about the, the the platform. Basically, it's using real world data to make pricing uh, known to to a wide audience. We had some very fortunate regulatory changes this year. Now, hospitals and offices have to publish their charge master, which is actual actually what they charge for services on their website. But they didn't have to make it easy to find. So, if you go to their websites, you can't find this information. So, what our what our app actually is and our platform is is a web crawler that can literally extract all of that information on pricing um, plus we use the uh, gamification so we're asking users to take a picture of their eobs their explanation of benefits and we're able to parse out the information that we need like cost location doctor procedure while keeping all their personal information safe so you can get a really accurate range of what you're going to pay for a service just plugging in the information before you actually have that service. So when you're in the doctor's office contemplating getting that endoscopy or whatever the doctor's recommending, you could plug that right into your to the app and you get the results instantly. Oh, okay. That sounds very convenient, actually. <laughs> and this is data that you're not you don't have to pay for, you're just crawling the web for data that's already out there, right? Yeah, this this data is already available. It's just really hard for a user to get. And of course, if you wanted to get it from multiple sites, that would take you, uh, you know, a, a lifetime to do that. So this is able to really just just extract all of the information that's out there on the on the web right now. That's publicly available. 
and it puts it into an easy, easier to read format and gives you kind of a range of what, what you're going to have to pay. And again, if, when you combine the real world data from people right in your community who are adding in their information, it gives you a really nice tight range of, of what probably you're going to have to pay out of pocket. And none of us know how much we're going to have to pay out of pocket for any procedure. We, you know, we find out, we sometimes don't even know at the end of the year what we've paid for healthcare. Oh, okay. So going back to your audience, how are you actually like going about bringing awareness to the Nova Plexus platform and how are you reaching your um, target audience? Well, right now we have uh, the app, the Price Transparency app is in development. We're hoping uh, this year, one of our major goals is to actually finish developing it. We, uh, we're, we're finishing up a seed round of financing and we're hoping by the end of the year to get the app into beta testing. Um, and it's going to be, uh, you know, put out there on social media. We're hoping it has a little bit of a uh, viral spread once people kind of hear about it. Uh, but we're really going to the people first. We're really getting uh, people involved by just obviously giving this out to them and, and seeing how they like it, uh, having them test it out and tell their friends about it. And uh, we think once this, uh, this kind of catches on, a lot of people are going to really find, find the value. It's not only going to provide them, we think, mind-blowing information, uh, it's also going to be a lot of fun to use. Nice. So you're giving like a beta version in a sense to people so that they can use it. And then you're just improving your product and your service based on the feedback that they're giving you. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be, uh, hopefully it's going to be a very quick, uh, uh, a quick cycle. Uh, so we're going to beta test it and then get our feedback, uh, quickly and then, and try to try to iterate, uh, quickly on it and try to get, uh, you know, just better and better versions out there. You just go through a quick cycle of iteration. Nice. So it sounds like you guys, you understand the whole, the grand game plan and where you guys are now and where you want to get to. And you guys have been making a lot of progress, but I know that the whole entrepreneurship, growing their business, growing their company isn't the easiest thing. So what kind of obstacles and challenges have you guys faced in your journey to actually getting this thing up and running and just any kind of obstacles that have gotten in your way so far? Yeah, I think uh, the definitely the uh, our original pivot from from the lot doing that large network um, <clears throat> to sort of honing down the idea. I think that was one of our biggest obstacles. You know, when do you actually make that that pivot, and when do you realize that that what you're doing is not you know it's not uh, you know going as fast as you want and where you want to go. Um, but now we think we're on the right track and we've gotten a lot of good, good feedback. Um, right now our app doesn't uh, require uh, a blockchain architecture. It's a, it's an app that, that uses a, a web crawler essentially and, uh, and some other technology that's, that's out there. Almost like uh, apps like Waze where you put in information, the users put in information and that helps the whole community. So that's kind of what we based that on. But that was the biggest challenge we had was knowing when that point was that we had to, uh, we had to pivot and we had to, uh, to do something different, differently. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So sounds like an awesome platform. I'm excited to see um, where you guys are going with that and the improvements that you guys make in the future. Um, so that's more on the entrepreneurship side. And I kind of want to pivot to talk about your background in healthcare as well. Now that you're an associate or the, because you're an associate professor at the Wiley Cornell Medical College, can you kind of give us a background on what you're doing over there? Yeah, so um, so I'm an ear, nose, and throat surgeon, uh, as I've, I've been for 25 years. So that's the um, 
that's a, a passion that uh, that I have. I love seeing patients. I love the quality of life aspect of that. So, and I also love the the teaching aspect of that. So, I teach medical students. I teach residents, um, medicine and surgery. Uh, so, it's 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 a real honor for me to be in the education field, educating the doctors of tomorrow. Uh, and like I said, that's an industry that I really I really love. You know, and I want to see the industry do well. Um, and that's why you know I want to just do things on a larger scale to help that industry. Nice. So you're still active in the community and in the industry where you started, but now you're just trying to branch off because you've identified and you noticed the problem and you're trying to create a way to solve that problem. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm in the, the perfect position really to see all of these problems. Like I said, I've seen all the efficiencies in, uh, in healthcare and uh, and on, and I've been on the front lines, so I see the problems that healthcare has, and and that's why I have that unique perspective to see what the solution, what the solution could be. Nice. So you're essentially having two different careers, as one as an entrepreneur and as a healthcare professional. How are you bridging that gap and managing two two careers essentially at the same time? Well, it, you know, that it definitely takes a, a lot of energy, it takes a lot of organizational skills and, um, and uh, using your, your free time in the evenings and weekends to really uh, to work on the, the other projects. Uh, obviously, my, my job as a physician takes up, uh, takes up a, a tremendous amount of my time. So it's, it's really about time management and, and knowing not to, not to overextend, uh, overextend yourself. I think that would be that would be the the advice that I that I would give myself if I had to uh, to to talk to a younger version of myself is you know pick projects that are that are the most meaningful for you um, you know we always people who are very passionate and energetic we always want to change the world and it's easy to take on so many things that it takes over your life but if you pick the things that are meaningful do them well uh, take time to enjoy and relax in life uh, don't do things just because people expect them of you. And then learning how to say no. Uh, all of these these skills really uh, uh, help me help me uh, in in this very busy journey I'm on. Nice. So they kind of complement one one. Um, so absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, what I learn in my uh, during the day, I can apply to some of my discussions with uh, with investors and my partner. I can apply that in the discussions that I have at nighttime. Nice. So the mindset of a healthcare professional is completely different from that of an entrepreneur, right? So what is like the key differences that you take from being a healthcare professional and being an entrepreneur? Well, I think it's, it's really, it's really, for me, it's the same mindset, you know, uh, for me, I, I'm a problem solver at heart. And, and I think a lot of physicians are that way. You know, we, we have problems in front of us and we figure out solutions and as doctors, we do have creative ideas and ways to solve problems. Uh, it's just knowing exactly what to do with those ideas and how to get those ideas uh, out of your head, how to distill them into an idea, and how to actually turn that into something that could possibly get on the market. I mean, for Novoplexus, uh, you know, our, our perspective, our mindset was really wanting to level the playing field so that patients can have the same exact power as large insurance companies. Um, you know, and also, you know, the, our size, I think, is an advantage. People say, well, you know, you're such a small company. How can such a small company make any, make any difference in the world? But we think it actually gives us an advantage over some of these mega companies like Amazon, Google, and Apple, who are all playing a role in healthcare now. 
they want to move the power pretty much into, into their corner, right? Not distribute it to individuals. But as a small company, we have the flexibility to be, uh, we could be more creative and we can also uh, adapt more quickly to our environment. So I think my skills as a physician uh, uh, are, are great. I think physicians are born entrepreneurs. Nice. So what would be like your ideal situation in healthcare as far as like efficiency or any problems that you see? Like what would be like the perfect healthcare situation? Well, I think, I think the, the basic problem is the imbalance of power, how most of the power is being held uh, by just a handful of, of groups of, of payers and large healthcare systems. I think if we can level the playing field so that power is distributed and, and patients, a lot of the power is given back to the users of the healthcare system, the patients and even the physicians. We're pretty powerless in this whole system as well. So if you can balance the power, I think a lot of the issues with finance and, and supply chain and all the other problems that, that, that flow from that, I think a lot of those will get corrected once you establish a level playing field. Ah, nice, okay. So we're nearing towards the end of the podcast and what I like to do is finish off with more fun exercise the rapid fire round so I'll ask you a couple questions and that's not really related to healthcare but okay I'll relate them back to healthcare anyway so okay <laughs> just <laughs> see where it goes but we'll see where first it goes. question <laughs> what is your favorite book of all time favorite book well you know what anybody asked me that I always say it's, it's the book I'm reading right now which is the uh, the the biography of Thomas Jefferson who I actually found out I w- recently that I was related to but <laughs> I'm a I'm I'm a junkie for medical science fiction. I love uh, Robin Cook, Michael Crichton, Stephen King, Carl Sagan. I'm a huge fan of his, and I think oh, my favorite book is his book Cosmos. Um, just amazing the way he weaved science and civilization together. And I actually lived down the block from him when I was an undergrad at Cornell. He lived uh, not too far away from me. His house was a lot larger than mine, of course. I carved into the side of a mountain in the gorge. So, so I think that the Cosmos would probably be my favorite book. Okay. Yeah, I've I've heard of the show, but never the book. It, it was based on the show, right? It's 13, 13 chapters, each one related to the uh, to the show. Okay. Okay. Um, so, what is one goal that you want to accomplish this year? Well, definitely uh, want to finish up our seed uh, seed round of financing and get our app into beta testing. There's not too much left to go uh, on the round, uh, and like I said, I think uh, once people see what this uh, this can do, it's going to be uh, really fun to do, real game changer, and they're not going to believe they can get the information that they can get from this. Nice. And I mean, you kind of touched on this last question earlier in the interview, but what is one piece of advice that you could give to your 20 year old self? Yeah, like I said, uh, you know, pick things that are meaningful for you, um, and and really try to avoid that multitasking, doing lots of things just to stay busy. You know, when I when I started out in, in medicine, I, I accepted every project that that was given to me just because I was so afraid of not of not doing enough. But then sometimes it gets to the point where you actually do too many things. And you lose focus on the things that, that have the most value for you. So really pick the projects. Don't be afraid to say no to people. And those projects that you do pick, do them as, as, best, as best as you can. Do the best job. And uh, you know, uh, everything will follow well if you just follow your heart and do what has meaning for you. Awesome. I think that's a great way to, perfect answer to end this podcast. Yes, um, I think so. Um, so yeah, before we actually end, when, where can people find you? Where can people look you up at? 
Well, you can find me on, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you can always find me at, uh, at Wild Cornell Medical College on the Upper East Side where I'm doing ENT. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and you can uh, find me at the websites for Novoplexus, uh, novoplexus.com. I'm there. Uh, but LinkedIn is probably the best place to, uh, to find me. Just shoot me a message and I'd love to hear from you all. Awesome. So that concludes today's episode of the Health Tech Hustle podcast with Mr. Bill Reisacker. He shared what he's doing over at Novaplexus and also gave us a background of his medical side. And first off, I just want to wish you good luck on getting that last seed round of financing. And I just want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thank you, Rodney. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Health Tech Hustle with Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital. Tune in next week for another interview with an expert leader in digital health.